it is episode 50 of Gridwalk, which is wild stuff to think about. And it is also the final episode of season one of Gridwalk. <laughs> Bananas. Unbelievable. Can't believe it. So since it is officially 2024, Happy New Year, everyone. We thought we would take this episode to look forward into 2024 and give some good resol- like New Year's resolutions, but for F1. So we're going to do a Mercedes fan 2024 New Year's resolution. Then we're going to do a Ferrari fan's 2024 New Year's resolution. And then run through a fun wish list of things that we just want to happen in 2024. Before we get into all of that, Sauber dropped their new branding. So we are going to start the show with our thoughts, feelings, and reactions to everything that Sauber announced. Uh, As you can tell, well, you're going to be able to tell that we're recording this before that. So we're actually going to give you our predictions for the Sauber branding and then roll right into the reaction so you can laugh at either how right or how wrong all of our predictions were for that. There's a lot to get into today predicting all of 2024. So we're going to say that wraps up the Formation Lab for episode 50 of Gridwalk, a weekly Formula One podcast that believes there are fascinating stories to discuss across the entire F1 grid. Season two starts next week. So next week, look, stay tuned to your social feeds make sure you follow us at gridwalk show uh we're gonna be dropping the trailer for our season two launch and a little bit of an updated branding so we're really excited don't forget to like and subscribe if you're watching on youtube all of that of course will also be dropping here leave us a comment below with what your biggest wish for 2024 is um i would say my biggest wish wish for 2024 is lewis hamilton wins a race but also give us your fun unhinged crazy wishes like we want to hear anything that's really out there along with your more serious wishes as well. If you're listening to us on an audio platform, please hit the follow button, turn on auto downloads and leave us a review. We'd love to hear what you thought of season one and anything you wanna hear from us or see change in season two. All of these things we ask for because they greatly help support our show. Thank you so much for all your support through season one. And we really can't wait for everything 2024 and season two has to offer. Cold ground on our wind up on the grid. It's lights out and away we go this week's grid walk. They made the announcement. The announcement was announced. And I can't wait to cut in former recording us to this reaction because if I remember correctly I think we were both like these are our hopes but we don't think they're gonna happen and I think our act our predictions were pretty spot on yeah I'm pretty sure definitely one of our guesses was just stake f1 so it is December 29th it is 1 23 p.m eastern 10 23 pacific time um, and we right. currently do not know, we don't know the new name of the Sauber team. And they're having like Whoa. a lot of fun teasing it on social media. Um, it's to a point now where like, it can't be that good. I think, you know, we, <laughs> we can't, I don't know what, how you could tease a name so much that you think it's going to be like such a huge like stay tuned stay tuned and i'm like but you would you announced it already right especially so they teased that they were going to drop the name when the official fia entry list came out and the name dropped and we all dramatically flamed it because it was such a mouthful and didn't make any sense and we all said all right so we're just gonna call it sauber great And then on December 19th, they dropped the press release of, it seems our recently released team name has been getting a lot of attention. Uh Uh-huh. While we're not ready to unveil the final result yet, we are aware of what's at stake. Ha, get it? Stake. Rest assured, we're on a mission to unleash the most exciting team identity this team has ever seen. Gone are the days of short and sweet. We're cooking up a feast. And to your point, they've been teasing a lot on social media and it keeps talking about like, they keep making food references and they keep saying like, ah, like short is bad, long is good. And on January 1st, so a couple days after we record this, they're supposed to be dropping like their official branding and what their actual name is. And I just think this is a bunch of like PR scrambling. Like they actually thought that we were all going to love the name that dropped. 
and they're trying to like recover yeah they like the initial like dropping of the name that's like it's kind of the same but it's not the same because it's not alfa romeo and everyone will be fine with it and then when everyone reacted like you had an opportunity to do literally anything and you just kind of did it and this is just a too much mouthful of a name (laughs) i feel like it's going to be a rearrange of names we already have i don't I would be pleasantly surprised if it ends up being something interesting, but I think I think we have the branding. I think we have the brands that will be in the name. I think we Sauber's just suddenly or whoever suddenly panicking of like, oh well, no, we don't. I guess it wouldn't be Sauber, but Sau- someone's panicking that we're just going to call it Sauber and they don't want us to call it that. I feel like they want us to be calling right. it Steak Team. <laughs> No. Oh, and that's the food references? Are they going to yeah. really lean into, like, steak the food? Look, if yeah, you get a I, steak I think... mascot, if you bring a steak mascot to the grid, I'll give it to you. I'll do it. I'll be on board. But you're not. So. <laughs> Did they want us to call it kick? Did they want us to call it steak? I, I think you're 100% spot on that it's not that the name is going to be different, but they're going to try to convince us that we shouldn't call it sour. Yeah, there's something about the response of we're just going to call it sour that they felt immediately, oh, we need to say that it's the mouthful, it's this, it's that. When like if the mouthful of it being the problem and people opting it to call it sour was like not a good solution in their eyes or an outcome, like, yeah, they're going to be pushing something. They're going to make it some kind of campaign or branding that pushes fans to call it something else. I, will it work? My guess would be no. But I'm intrigued to see what it is. But I'm very sick of an announcement for an announcement for an announcement, which I now feel like has been three times for yes. this game. I, I agree with that assessment. Uh, I think that this would have to be a stellar announcement with a great actual name for us to shift gears at this point because we're already all frustrated, to your point. Uh, I have heard rumors that their livery and color scheme is going to be completely different this year. So I think if they drop really cool branding, like if the branding itself is actually sick, I could see us all wanting to change the name low expectations high hopes i think that's a great yeah low expectations high hopes gonna call it sauber and that's what it turned out to be hello the name is steak f1 team wow it's so shocking i wow it's not shocking we literally predicted it um it is taking every part of my body right now to restrain myself from word vomiting all the thoughts I have about this announcement and just go one at a time. So I think the best place to start with the fact that we now know there's going to be a team on the grid for two years with the name Stake F1 Team. My biggest issue with this is that it is incredibly hard to get invested in a name for a team that is only going to be there for two years because Audi is taking over in 2026. Like, how am I supposed to care? Yeah, I was funny enough driving to work this morning was explaining to my dad the whole name scenario thing and explaining the process of the Alfa Romeo leaving. Here's a name announcement, but it's not the real name announcement. And here's an announcement. And oh, it's like the name that everyone probably could have predicted, but like explaining the whole process just felt unbelievably very silly. And my entire conclusion was just, it just feels really weird of like, let's have this big name change. And then just knowing in two years, it's going to be just something completely different and irrelevant and just somewhere else. It's like, why bother? Um, Besides that's a company just has an overwhelming amount of like cash to throw somewhere. Or Sauber needs the money, so it sells off the title to sponsorship. I, I was listening to the Missed Apex podcast that they did this past week, uh, which I highly recommend you go listen to this podcast, where they attempt to 
uh, fix the constructors championship. And it's like, no one cares about the constructors championship. How do we get people to care? And that has been in, like rattling around in my brain as this announcement happened, where I'm like, of course we don't care about the constructors championship. Like you and I talk all the time about how we love both of the drivers who drive for this team, but we find it incredibly impossible to get get invested in this team. And part of that reason is because it changes all the time. It was only Alfa Romeo for five years. Like I, it is hard. I w thought I was excited for this announcement, and when I woke up. <laughs> On January 1st, I realized it didn't really matter what it was, that no matter no matter the outcome of what the name was going to be, it was going to be hard for me to care. Yeah, I, I just kind of had just such low expectations and it was an opportunity for it to be something really exciting when it just, I still just feel like I'm going to call it Sauber or just get prepared to get calling it Audi and just call it Audi. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't see myself calling it steak. Uh, I think they tried to like pull a really cool, you know, like announcement. So Drake's involved. That's cool. Um, something that you and I discovered a year ago when steak and kick and all of these things were announced as a sponsor in Alfa Romeo was that Drake has an investment in steak. And could there be some type of like involvement with Drake during the team last year? And then like nothing ever happened. So we just never right. thought anything of it. So then when this announcement came out, it was like, ah, yes, finally. Something that I found just absolutely hysterical is that it's like a floating, like, ah, oh, this is Drake's voice. We need to we need to tell you and remind you that this is Drake speaking to you, which as just putting my marketing brain on for like one second, yeah. almost defeats the purpose of the amount of money. You're right. I never take it off, but I guess putting like my super marketing brain on yeah, is that yeah. like, if you need to put, and I'm not saying that Drake's voice is not unbelievably recognizable but if you feel the need to put in the middle of your announcement like drake's voice da, 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 like that kind of thing then I, it, it kind of takes away from it a little bit but how much more involved will he be at all will we see him at a race maybe i don't i don't know it's it definitely amplified it was the coolest part of the announcement was not the name yes. it was drake reading the announcement which i don't think you want as your like takeaway from an announcement like that i mean again it's limited time two-year name if the biggest thing we took away was "Ooh, drake that's cool they probably would have achieved something positive but i agree with you i felt i had a momentary moment of is this AI generated because it was just his voice? And then I realized that it was a joint post on Instagram with like his actual in Instagram account. And I went, oh, so this is real. And then I listened to the whole thing again. It just, it felt um, half-baked. It felt like we need to get Drake or we need to do something cool. Can we get Drake? Oh, we can get Drake in this way as a voiceover. And I wish they just did something else because in my opinion, a full baked, less famous person is better than a half baked Drake. And then maybe they could have worked something out with Drake's team for later in the year to do something big and cool where they could actually show his face. So I just, but it, you're right. It was the coolest part of this whole thing was the prospect of Drake's involvement. But that was the coolest part of Steak becoming a sponsor last year too. So I'm, I'm And then there was just nothing, which if if anyone's like unfamiliar with what Steak is, there's like crypto, there's gambling, there's like, it's like an online casino, big marks on a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of pooms. We're not fully sure. Uh, of exactly what it is and it just seemed like this was like a lining up for a perfect you know like event in vegas of all places and then like nothing so who knows if maybe it was just another contract discussion they couldn't get drake to do things places he's a busy dude blah 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 but yeah it felt like there could have been more than here's drake's voice the ai piece is really funny i didn't even think about that now but it definitely seems like that could have been possible um and of course it was right yeah yeah uh this ultimately was an announcement for further announcements which yeah we've made very clear is one of our least favorite things that any organization person to to do and this is what this whole thing has been is an announcement to an announcement and then this announcement somehow led 
to more announcement. Right. It was first the team principal said, oh, when the official FIA list comes out, you're going to hear our name. And then we saw that. And then they were like, crap, that you didn't like that. Okay, that's not actually our name. Stay tuned for January 1st. We we're going to announce our name. And what did they announce on January 1st? Their name, some colors, and a logo, and then a countdown to their car launch. <laughs> so yeah, I just, they need, I think that the, when you do a countdown to anything, even if you're going to start another countdown, what you get at that count end of that countdown needs to feel substantial. And a loose video with what I thought originally was an AI-generated Drake with a underwhelming logo that's just the Staco logo with F1 team below it doesn't feel like a payoff. Like You cannot count down to something and then launch it with no payoff. <laughs> you mean you don't feel content that you can in a little bit over a month, click on a website. Yep, the fact that now when you go to the F1 team's website, it's just a countdown too. Like, come on. I Okay, but a lot of complaining. A really positive, though, is the neon green looks cool. Neon green looks very cool. I'm anticipating, if there's not some type of black with this, like, electric green on the livery like what are we even doing here right. i'll challenge you to go the other way around make it a green livery with like some kind of like black detailing go like really out there if you want to completely prove us wrong but it there's there's potential there there's potential for the branding to be really unbelievably sick on track and to like give you know some other things to talk about less no An red actual I, payoff actual no payoff red. there's been no red which is great because there's there's the red car that's on the track and we have enough of that. So more colors and this lime green is very different than from like everything else that, yeah. you know, we have. Because the Aston Martin green is kind of teal, deep green, like earthy green, I guess. Uh, so this would be really different because it is such a limited time thing. There is a clear expiration date with Audi joining the grid and buying this team. The there is no need to make this brand identity like universally loved or something that is going to be iconic for years to come. Like we don't need uh, like when McLaren made the investment that papaya was going to be their color and then everything became papaya and it was like this vast branding thing. I don't want stake F1 team to do this. I want them to just be wacky, wild, inconsistent, like give me the craziest stuff ever because it doesn't matter. It's all going away. If you want me to invest in it, make it extra temporary essentially like i want you to show up to a racetrack and mean to not fully know what's gonna happen here for a good time not for a long time well speaking of not a long time there are going to be multiple races this year where this team is gonna have to be a different name nicole i forgot so about this entirely <laughs> so stake is a gambling company as one of its pillars and this means in multiple countries, you are not allowed to advertise for that company in that country. So there were four countries last year that the name, even on the title sponsorship, had to change from stake to kick. So my question is, like, you know, on all the graphics where, like, they put up all the drivers and it's like Lewis Hamilton and AMG Mercedes, like, is it... Some weeks going to save Valtteri Bottas, stake F1 team, and some weeks going to save Valtteri Bottas, kick F1 team, because there are literal countries where they are not allowed to be called this. Uh, we'll find out, but that's, I guess, exactly what it's going to. Imagine it just said F1 team, and it's just Please. like a generic, like suddenly we're in it like, like a Lego land. <laughs> it's like when the Washington football team became, or like when the Washington insert racist name here became the Washington football Washington team for one year. And like, that was the greatest, like, I was just so happy they weren't the racist name anymore, but then they decided to call themselves football team. Like, yeah, I hope they just go with the F1 team uh, for those four races, but I'm sure it'll be like a okay. kick something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So they bought this title sponsorship for two years, essentially getting 48 races and for 
maybe 40 of them they're actually gonna get the logo and branding behind it hopefully that returns good enough i don't know i'm stuck here with that they either had just so much to spend and and or sour needed the money both who knows it's It's just always both it's always both is always the answer it's doesn't seem like it necessarily fits but it does seem like it'll be an interesting you know blip in in the formula namings of teams but where do you think you're gonna fall on the naming of this do you think you're calling it steak i just i'm maybe every week i'm just gonna call it a different cut of steak like filet mignon or like oh please (laughs) okay please that's what you have to do yes (laughs) um to take take your question seriously i know that i'm going to probably rotate in and out of calling it sauber maybe steak and then when we're talking about 2026 i'm probably just gonna call them audi because that's what they're going to be i i apologize to anyone who watches the show because i will be inconsistent about it start the, start the count now of how many times do we accidentally just say alfa romeo oh yeah that too like i like until i become inundated with the new name it's going to be really hard for me to call it anything besides Sauber because I had trained my brain going into this year that it's going to go back to Sauber before it becomes Audi. And that's what you need to call it. I also don't think it helps that along with the legality stuff, by the way, like I don't know if British broadcasts are even allowed to advertise gambling. So they, I don't know. There there's has some- to be, there would be no way that there would be that amount of like races and coverage that like their name couldn't even be discussed, but who knows, who knows how much that they're just like willing to spend money. And and now I can't right. remember back to what. I mean, the and name I don't know what so that means. Yeah. And I don't know what that means for the F1 TV coverage. Cause we don't watch sky sports. We watch the F1 TV coverage and that's a national or an international feed that's just broadcast to multiple countries. All I know is that there's a lot of uh, people who are currently paid a lot of money, who have a law degree, who are all trying to figure all of this out right now. And you and I are just like, Hmm, flame and yawn. Flame and yawn, New York strip, T-bone for two. That's it. <laughs> Can't wait to see Joe drive that new. I suddenly couldn't think of any other steak. Yeah, my brain. To, yeah, I can think of filet mignon. Skirt. There you go. Skirt steak. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Leave we'll in the come. comments below your favorite kind of steak, and eventually we will call what <laughs> the team formerly known as Alfa Romeo that name at some point this season. Prepare for the beef jokes. It is nearly time for a new F1 season, which means that as Lewis Hamilton and Mercedes fans, I felt the anxiety bubbling up. I thought it was a perfect time for us to make some Mercedes fan New Year's resolutions, some things that we should absolutely 100% stick to this year. And I think the first thing we should stick to this year is not to react in any way to preseason testing times. I don't care if they're good or bad. I'm telling you right now that I, I want to go in and leave feeling zero emotions. That is my goal. That is my resolution. I think it's fair. I think it's a good, I think you got to watch it with a straight face and just, and just don't make any assumptions at all. I don't think um, we're in for a long season and we've seen <laughs> a big, you know, some changes and some roller coaster moments. And I just don't think us as Mercedes fans will be doing ourselves any good. If we let ourselves make any assumptions with, preseason testing i don't have any feelings anymore i lost them like earlier on in the year exactly exactly lewis is already giving us the guidance and i think there's just no feelings until um you know we we feel that it is appropriate enough and preseason's just not it um which goes into just race weekends in general we don't need fridays you know free practice having hopes and dreams be created to then be crushed in you know a quali or and then on a sunday or something i you know, so many different reasons but fridays um can also build up hope or not hope who knows just i like too many emotions on fridays that just get a bad taste in the mouth of the entire weekend so we're just not gonna have 
freakouts on Fridays. No freakout Fridays is what we're going to call it. No freakout Fridays. I love that. I Mercedes has this trend where they show up on track and everything has been awful on a Friday and then they pull it together in time for quality. And so I agree with you. My 2024 resolution is don't let Mercedes take me on a quote caused roller coaster. Because normally when I'm looking at the actual lap times, they're pretty, they're, they're telling me the truth. And then I get this like Toto Wolf quote roller coaster and I, no freak out Fridays, 100%. No freak out Fridays. There's a, I'm never, I'm not sitting through another qualifying without a Lewis in Q3. I'm not sitting through another like angry Toto back and forth of, you know, this is the race we're going to win. And then just like disappointment, disappointment. I'm not, no, we're not. No, it's not. We're not even allowing it to exist. We're just saying not allowed. Thank you. Bye. Leaving that in 2023. I don't have any feelings anymore. So I guess this is not my, my third resolution that we should as a Mercedes fan take into this year is that I refuse to move the goalpost. They need to be the second fastest team or I will be disappointed. And that might be different than not over. I mean, a lot of the ones before were like, don't overreact and be calm. But if this team is not the second fastest team, I will be upset and disappointed this year. And I'm not going to move that goalpost. Right. So again, we're not reacting and we're not panicking. No. Nope. But our expectations nope. in are yes. the same. <laughs> we still expect. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to in race weekends overreact or underreact. Like, I don't want to freak out in race weekends. But going into the season, my expectation is they're going to even out to P2. Right. And then we could freak out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays, which is also what our podcast is for. So this is, here we go. We're exactly. in Mercedes fans resolutions, but yeah, we, we, we have an expectations and we demand it. And if they meet those expectations, then the first two resolutions aren't even necessarily need to exist. They, they are solved in itself because we would, mm-hmm. we, we in the pit, you know, the, 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 um, and Speaking of things that I don't think are asking for too much and, you know, demanding to be the second fastest team, I don't think is asking for too much, but maybe we, um, we can't let go on the pit stop issue because it's embarrassing. This is, this is disgusting. You can't be a team at the front of the grid and have a pit stop. That's I can't like saying longer than five seconds is already way too long. Like Red Bull's breaking. You got to be, if you're not two seconds, you're slow. No, I, it, what are we doing? What are you can practice this? Like this is something that can be, can be practiced so many times. I, I, I can't, I don't. I, so that we can panic about that. We can continue to be, this is a problem. 2024 resolution, uh, treat Mercedes pit stops with the same anger we treat Ferrari pit stops, essentially. Because Mercedes cannot be a bottom of the grid team, which they were for this entire season on average, in the pits. It is not acceptable. It is not okay. Ferrari got it together overnight and Mercedes needs to. It's embarrassing. Unbelievably embarrassing. And it just puts you behind when like it can be that close. (sighs) So in conclusion, 2024 Mercedes fan resolutions is don't freak out in re- weekend. Don't freak out for preseason testing. But damn, this team needs to get better and we're going to hold them accountable to do so. 100%. Please bring us a fast car. Please. And keep it black. Final episode of season one. Woo-hoo! We did it. That's really crazy. To- episode 50. That's a big number. Five zero golden episode. And that doesn't even count our bonus episodes because those weren't numbered. So I think we did 55 or 56 episodes this season. Oh, yeah, because it was the multiple. We got a couple of bonus thrown in there. Some F1 Academy, some Danny Rick celebrations, some Drive to Survive. Triple Crown. Triple Crown. Yeah, gosh. Yeah feels like but it doesn't feel like more than 50 which is kind of funny 
It feels like we've done 102 at the same time. Oh, yes, it definitely does. <laughs> I didn't actually mean to start the podcast with that thought. That was more like a for us thought. But Yeah, but that was the first time that I really did think about it. Um, but what we really do need to talk about is the Pop-Tart um, the Pop Tart Bowl, because it's currently everywhere and all over the place. And I love it. Mask, We love mascots. <laughs> I, so college football is a very unique part of uh, American culture, and nothing represents it more to me than the fact that a company sponsors a random bowl game that really doesn't mean anything, and they make an edible mascot, <laughs> where what happens at the end of the game is he dies in the toaster, and the team eats him, is... <laughs> incredible like they make the most lovable mascot character of all time and then he happily dies and the players eat him <laughs> the descending into the toaster with the sign that says dreams really do come true was like cherry on top like i didn't think it could get more unhinged than that but then the like breaking off of the frosting to consume of the mascot is really it reached a new level and this is what college football bowl games are meant for and made for pop tart just really turned it up like to 50 you know it's a different kind of level and i just need more of it i want the pop tart everywhere at every sporting event at every birthday party you know my favorite moment was the reporter on the sidelines who asked someone if it would be like gross to eat the Pop-Tart in front of the Pop-Tart mascot. And the handler said, no, it'd be his dream. And the Pop-Tart runs up and starts force feeding the reporter the Pop-Tart. <laughs> he said the man was making grunting noises. Like I just, the whole thing was so perfectly unhinged. Like, I love a mascot normally, but this took it like, like, I don't know how to explain what a bowl game is to someone who doesn't consume college football, but essentially it's a random football game that's put on at the end of the season between two teams that aren't good and no one attends. And the fact that they've been able to create a media storm around it. Like, this is a game no one was talking about last year. I could not tell you who sponsored this game for the last 15 years, but I can tell you in detail now about the shenanigans. I actually can't tell you right now which teams played and what team won, but I can tell you everything the Pop-Tart did. I was about to say the exact same thing as I'm recognizing right now that I don't know who, who even played in that game, but I can tell you all about the Pop-Tart, which I think is a branding success. Yes. That is definitely, I think, what you want when you're investing that type of money into sponsoring an event like that. Uh, especially, you know, bowl game season is, it's, it's like silly season of college football where it's just, but in the way of like, everything is so unbelievably silly. The teams are right. not really made up of like their true teams because either people are opting for the transfer portal, opting for the NFL. So you have some weird mishmash of teams that aren't going to win anything except like a toaster trophy at the end. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's imagine you had, um, you have the playoffs and then all the teams that are not good enough to be in the playoffs get to play like a consolation playoff game. It's like, you aren't good enough to be there, but you can play this extra game against this other team that's not good enough to be there. And like, have fun and then companies come in and sponsor them and they're normally not quite this fun but a coach was dumped like had a bucket of mayo dumped on his head there was a cheese it's king at one of them like it's it's america if i yes. had to describe america to someone it would probably be the pop tarts bowl color it kind of also yeah the pop tart bowl it felt it had vegas gp vibes which is also i don't know if that's just because of like you know the pop tart standing on a giant platform with fireworks like did give me reminiscence of you know the opening ceremonies of vegas um and the arist whore all at the exact same time so it's it is american sports it's the exact unhinged that uh we love and cheer for always more mascots mascots make everything better i want the miami gp to better utilize their mascots this year to create more unhinged moments 
I want Pirelli Tires to create a mascot because one of the best parts of IndyCar is the Firestone uh, Fox, I believe. No, Firestone Hawk. Hawk. Apologies. He's incredible. Like, mascots make things better. I want an F. I want a mascot running around the paddock. <laughs> please, 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 please. <gasps> Imagine a Duracell battery mascot. What is Duracell doing? How has that not already happened? Like, that would be the... I, I, oh my god, my brain is like short-circuiting at the possibilities of unhinged. Hi, Duracell. Here's a free idea for you to really just create content that will, you know, just give you, because I want to see it happen. So, get Duracell better with, like, big eyes. Like, uh -huh. you know? Like and, like, I, the googly eyes? Yes. <laughs> that, like, don't look in the same direction. Uh-huh. Like, haphazardly go. Yeah, I need to see a Duracell battery doing a hot lap. My first 2024 New Year's resolution as a Ferrari fan is when all the buzz starts coming out as we get close to car launch that they're going to compete with Red Bull this year, I refuse to listen to any of it. None of it. Not a word. Ferrari will not be competing for the championship this year. I don't care how much press they do to try to convince me of it. It will not happen. And if it does, it will be a fun surprise. But it is my resolution this year, in one ear, out the other. I won't even bother you on the podcast about it. Shh, Italian media. Shh, just, shh, shh. I know you, like, we just need to put, like, a filter on of anything coming out of Italy in the next, like, two months with the words Ferrari and this and that. We just need to, like, blacklist it. <laughs> and it's... <laughs> Literally, I'm just suddenly like hysterically laughing at the idea of all Ferrari fans being so angry about this um, as we're demanding Mercedes to be second fastest. And uh, we're just saying for Ferrari. <laughs> well, Ferrari. I mean, our priority is Lewis Hamilton. Yeah. And right. our secondary priority is Ferrari. Right. But no, I'm not saying that Ferrari can't compete for a championship. I'm saying I will not believe any of the press or hype that they try to drum up at the beginning of the season to pro try to pretend they are. Because guess what? Ferrari started the year as the second fastest team. Please go see our uh, teammate, our teammate battles and our winners and losers season review episodes where we talk about how fast Ferrari actually was at the beginning of the season. But they did all this press about how they're going to compete with Red Bull and all of our expectations are changed. I would like to actually be happy that Ferrari is decently fast. This is about me coping. Right. We'll take a decently fast and then just... God, I need like not a doom and gloom season for Charles. I went through an up and down roller coaster of my predictions with Ferrari this year and just letting my emotions really get in the way with it. And I think I just need to go in with Charles, you know, it's Charles is, is in his dream role and is in a place to achieve what could be his dream, except for the Max Verstappen of it all and the Ferrari of it all um of being like a world driver championship and i would love that for him but look it's just not i have to keep calm for charles and the dream may just stay a dream for at least right now and i have to remain my charles fan heart quiet about it my brain is just to keep on and carry on it's yeah. like charles can't keep on so you will keep calm for charles that's exactly that the same what format? I was thinking as I was writing the keep calm for Charles. It's like, just keep calm, carry on. I'd be like, okay, it's great. I'm like, not going to let myself get too hyped about Monaco and how he like, you know, drove and grew up on these streets and that this is, you know, his home. And maybe this will be the year that he finally like can't do it. And there won't be a curse or just, you know, something like, I'm not, I'm going to keep calm. So I think a lot of our Ferrari resolutions as fans are just to be even keeled. So I think my other New Year's resolution for, for Ferrari is don't freak out too much in the moment about their strategy. Like even like, it's okay if they get it wrong, maybe they can actually take some big swings. You know, I think uh, calm in the moment during a race weekend about whatever strategy is going. I, I think that's my, my goal is to not freak out at their strategies. I can't wait until we get to cut to us doing all of these exact things that we're saying. I just don't want to do this because even as I'm saying, you know what? I'm just Ferrari's going to strategy like Ferrari strategies, strategies, and the tire strategy is going to be different for different drivers and people are going to get screwed when they get called into the pits and I'm just not going to freak out about it. And it's going to be just, I'm going to just 
you know, expect going in that everything will be an unbelievably inconsistent mess. You're right. We are going to cut to this later. Uh, but isn't that the perfect New Year's resolution? Like everyone's like, this is the year that I will work out every day. And then you can cut to them 10 days later being like, I'll take today off. You know, it's, it's like, That's New Year's resolutions have to be a little unrealistic. Well, maybe, We're going to shoot high and maybe we'll, yeah. We'll just, we, we, we will be calm. We're going to be such calm fans, uh, especially going into a year where both Charles and uh, Carlos, their contracts end. Um, we'll be continuing on. We've had a little bit of chit chat about, you know, certain sponsors, uh, a certain beer sponsor of a certain Spanish driver leaving a certain red team. And again, we're just, so what we're going to not panic about, and I even gave some leniency, at the first half of the season, pre-silly season, pre-Monaco even. Look, I'm even getting, I'm, I'm like shortening my resolution as it's going. Not, we're not going to freak out about <laughs> Ferrari contracts. We're not going to freak out about where these two drivers will be in 2025, whether Charles will continue to live his dream forever and ever as a Ferrari boy. And, you know, smooth operator, we're just going to, we're not going to freak out about the Ferrari boys. I can make no promises. That's Nicole's only resolution. <laughs> Brianna does not sign on to this. Brianna has been freaking out about Carlos's contract since Estrella Garcia like was announced it was going to Aston or wherever it's moving. Yeah, like it, Brianna's like it's this isn't good. This is not. This is yeah. So I uh, I felt the need to put this on here. It's not a surprise that. She's not signing on, and that's okay. Happy for you. Panic for me. So, Ferrari fans, gosh, it's hard to develop resolutions to being a Ferrari fan. This is a support club. This is a support unit of the racing horses. These will all be out the window week one. Shh. No. These are our resolutions. We stick to them. We stick to our 2024 New Year's resolutions, which is why I can't agree to the last one because I know I won't stick to it. At some point, we will make actual predictions, but today is not that day. These are items that we've put on our wish list, things that we desperately want to happen on or off track through the 2024 season, year, etc. I thought we could start with an on-track item. My first 2024 wish list item is that I really don't want Williams to have a slide back to being the worst team on the grid. Yeah, it, it's it's fun to see like the celebration on Duracell's fan pages. No, it's actually just it's great to see like <laughs> it is. They've been working so hard, you could see, and it's no secret that we're big fans of Alex Albon and want to see him succeed in the type of driver that he is. And we've seen what he's been able to do with what last year's Williams was at some races. And there was, you know, a period of time mid season that they were, you know, finding ways to get points. Um, hopefully Logan has a better year since they, you know, decided to stick with him instead of going somewhere else. Which I think, I mean, at least I'll speak for myself was a big surprise to me. I thought if, you know, they had the announcement mm -hmm. wasn't by Abu Dhabi that Logan was sticking around that he was gonna be gone, but yeah, I would love for Williams to be at least top of the back. Right. And if they could do what they did this year, where when the car was performing well, they were able to get huge hauls of points, which is why they ended up P7. But they didn't upgrade that car at the end of the season for a really long time. And they didn't do that because they invested in this year's car. So... I would describe their car as probably a P8, P9 car that was able to get P7 in the constructors. And I would love for this year for us to, for most of the season, feel like the Williams is a P7 car. Top of the back, like Alex has enough of a car under him that he can be fighting on the fringes of points often. That would be super Exciting, but I don't want us to at the end of 2024 be looking back and having to discuss that Williams slid back. That would make me so sad. So that's why my wish list item is they have enough good weekends this season that 
we feel like their growth is consistent. Yeah. That it feels real. It then can stay in a place because it sucked to be like celebrating them and then see, you know, any sort of type of slide towards the end. Um, so hopefully the investment right. in the upgrades, you know, early, early on and trying to get ahead like that and does make the difference and prevents that. We want that cons- a positive consistency for Williams. And they are without a doubt, one of the most fun teams on the grid. You know, James Vows is a great team principal to listen to. Alex Alvon is a fantastic driver that is so fun and so great in marketing. They have multiple sponsors that are a ton of fun with golf and with Duracell. And if they're, if the team performance slides back, I worry that the all the fun that they could be having with everything going around the team won't be able to happen. Like, I don't need them to be great. But I just want them to be doing well enough that they can be fun. That's my, it's so like, I need Duracell to be able to be silly on their accounts. I need the golf livery to feel exciting when we hopefully get one for this year. Like I want, I want them to just be good enough that we can lean into Alex Albon's personality. Those are like important things for my enjoyment of an F1 season right now. Yes. Wanting the sponsors to stick around because you don't want to have any sort of like slide or drop off enough that has them go away. And, you know, thinking about having like that consistency is how you get those sponsors like that. So, Ooh, wow. I didn't even think about a, you know, a leaving of or a departure of like sponsors possibility, you know, if, but, Oh, that would suck. A big thing that many of us want this year, and I'm going to approach this subject delicately. is just, a competitive second Red Bull seat. Now, this isn't anything against Checo, as we, I always feel like needs to or be Max. in this, or Max, but watching a race, and when we have had races that, you know, have a little bit more of a, a closer gap, they're more fun to watch. I'm not going to, you know, stop watching because of that, but it's just more fun and exciting to watch. This also makes me where I need to address that I also am a Daniel Ricardo fan and any sort of, you know, potential lack of competitiveness in a second Red Bull seat I see as an opportunity for him when he's not there. Um, but that's like, you know, there's a couple of different lists of things that we're opening a can of worms here. But it if you can't have two drivers in the car that seems to be the most dominant car potentially in f1 history be at least competing with each other it seems like a wasted opportunity for someone else to be there yeah i need to be able to go into a season and or at least the first 12 races of a 24 race season being able to be a little delulu that whoever's in that second seat could put up a fight with max and hold my attention so again, I like Checo. I don't want Checo to leave the sport. I want Checo to leave the Red Bull seat because we're done. I can't be, I can't even trick myself anymore. I can't be goofy silly on this podcast and be Delulu going into the 2024 season and pretend like that second Red Bull seat's going to be competitive at all. Yeah. And as much as my brain tells me Daniel Ricardo wouldn't be competitive either, I could trick myself and pretend. If you put any other driver in that seat right now, at least I haven't seen it with my own two eyes and I could pretend. So yes, on my 2024 wish list as well is we need a, a at least fakeable competitive 2024 Red Bull seat. I don't know what's in that contract that Red Bull can't drop him the way they drop every other driver, but please get out of it. Thank you. Yeah, there's something there, but it would be, I agree. But if Pacheco to be somewhere else, we have seen time and time again, it's just not him. He can't unlock something in that car that can be unlocked. So someone else. but Checo, Anyone. Yeah. I need the Delulu. That's a great way to put it. I need the Delulu. At this point, you could literally stick Logan Sargent in it, and I could at least Delulu myself for a couple weeks. I can't even do that with Checo anymore because we just went through the season of it. No, like, exactly. we saw it. But <laughs> anyone, 
put Yuki in there. I mean, he deserves it at this point. He's been an avatar for 7 million years. Like, it's, um, we've been doing a lot of talking about uh, season previews going into next year. And how are we going to frame this season as competitive and exciting? And it doesn't matter how many times I slice up the Red Bull competition. I can't convince myself that Checo has a chance anymore. So it doesn't, like, I just, Needs please, to please. 2024 wishlist item number three is in a year where we're likely to see a lot of convergence to the Red Bull philosophy, I would like to see at least a little bit of some interesting innovations put on the car. And I'm excited to see what all the teams do to converge to Red Bull and then differentiate themselves. Because we know that if everyone's converging to Red Bull, you still have to do something to try to get more performance beyond Red Bull. So my hope for the year is that we are able to see a lot of innovations still, and there's going to be interesting items on all of the cars and not just on the Red Bull. Yeah, it's always fun when teams like attempt to try different things that when, you know, a car arrives at a weekend or it's unveiled at a car launch and you're just like, well, what does this do? What is this going to do? And kind of seeing that come together. It's always exciting. And it's like a sensitive topic for like some fans or things, but like seeing how Mercedes was committed to like a no side pods concept and like that type, like being like having something that does differentiate themselves and making the attempt to try something else is one of the great things about the sport. So having it come together of the things that you know that work, but then finding what could be like that secret special sauce that unlocks like catching up, breaking, like decreasing the gap in between. So that's hopeful to see as we're seeing, you know, Red Bull is showing certain things that can work and lots of smart brains in F1 can continue to maybe unlock something else. And a lot of the uh, good juice of the Red Bull is in the floor and their suspension, which are things that are really hard for us to see. So I hope that teams will still be updating things like their front and rear wings and their floor edges and making slightly, and not dramatically different side pods, but like making changes to the side pods. And like, I'm hoping that the area of innovation are going to be uh, in areas we can see for the year as well. So like, not only do I wanna see areas of innovation and people, uh, making evolutions off the Red Bull design, but I also would love those evolution areas to be areas that we all as fans can see, because to your point, it is so much fun to come to a weekend and nitpick all the differences in the car and then see if that works or if it doesn't work and they need to revert back a spec and like all of that stuff, it makes F1 so fun. And convergence is natural. Like it's very clear that the Red Bull's design is dominant for a reason, Uh, but I I hope we still see some fun stuff. We, again, love marketing here. We just fangirled about Pop-Tart at the beginning of this podcast. We both work in marketing. One of our favorite things that we continue to talk about in F1 is, you know, different sponsors getting involved. And 2023, we started to see different companies getting involved that got us, like, really excited. Like Celsius joining or different makeup companies getting involved in IndyCar or just motorsports as a whole. So sponsors coming into a sport it indicates that they see their fan base there so as more brands get involved we're you know seeing appealing to different types of fans so me again as a female fan hi i identify as a female fan i'm hoping to continue to see more things in the marketing area in sponsorship that are products that i enjoy that i consume whether it's you know Promotions of TV shows that I watch or, you know, a movie that's coming out that I really wanted to see. Like, I wish we were able to have some type of like Barbie promotion that was able to have happened this year at, you know, those type of things. Maybe like content creators that I follow attending F1 races, like something continuing to see things in my zeitgeist that I'm already a customer of, already a user of come into F1 because then it makes me feel seen. And it also makes me feel like I'm in the right place. And that sounds harsh, but it's like, of course, like this is, it's more just singles of like, this is for me, for me, because, you know, things that I already enjoy also see me here and see it like worth their time. So I want more beauty involved things that I already love and enjoy. 
Yeah, that would be really fun if we got a big beauty sponsor to come on board. Like if um, Sarah V's been sponsoring Alex Albon, like if they became a Williams sponsor. Um, I also think there's a lot of brands that sponsor right now that I think could be fulfilling that, but are not doing activations that lean into that. Like Yeti sponsors Red Bull. And the only thing they do with that sponsorship is that I've seen a couple videos of like Daniel Ricardo in the Outback when there, I could list off a ton of really fun things that are more inclusive to everyone that has to do with Yeti. That would be really fun for them to do activations with. Uh, there's also, uh, so I would love to see makeup and beauty. I would love existing sponsors to have more fun. But then I agree with you that I would love to see more pop culture intersections. Like the, like, you know, the, the prequels did a special Star Wars livery. And that was really just because George Lucas loves Star Wars. But I wish when Adam Driver went and did the interactions with the Ferrari team that they did more with that. And I know some of that was some strike questions that we don't really know what happened, but 100% for 2024, hopefully there's not going to be another writers and actors strike anytime soon. And if we could get more pop culture integrations into F1, that would be unbelievably fun. Yeah, it feels like all of these things are sitting right there, whether they've happened before, you know, in terms of pop culture or just current sponsors amping up their presence and just like better utilizing, you know, their resources with the team, like you had said with Yeti or different things like that. It's all right there. So maybe 2024 is everyone starts ramping up that promo in F1. This one is a bit spicy, but listen to the spiciness and then let me explain. 2024 wish this item is that F1 put some actual threatening behind their ability to leave the FIA. And this is coming in light of the fact that Steve Nielsen, FIA sporting director that everyone was so excited about coming on, has quit in after less than a year because he wasn't allowed to actually make any changes to the way any of the sports regulations were operated. So I think the FIA will never change and will never make anything better unless F1 puts their foot down and actually starts to threaten to leave. So I want to be very clear that my 2024 wish list isn't for F1 to actually leave unless they need to, but I want them to start putting some serious muscle behind uh, getting the FIA to stop behaving like children and actually do their job. Yeah, it kind of now seems that uh, Nielsen's hire was like a Band-Aid blanket hire, but I guess if they wanted that, they should have just had someone willing to like be in the position and just like, you know, accept business cards and shake hands and like not actually find someone that wanted to make things better that need to be made better. Yeah, I think I I really agree with you here, um, especially with, you know, we need more consistent stewarding and just everything overall with the FIA. I mean, we have a long list of issues that we need to face, but F1 has incredible power and, you know, what cards that they hold. And it's, it's important for them to use that leverage, like for the better good or else it's things will just be continuing as they are. At first, when I was writing out my wish list items for this episode, I wrote Uh, less FIA mistakes or less storylines leaving a weekend being that the FIA ruined something or safety was bad, the rules weren't followed, all the things that we talk about every week. And then I realized that that was a completely unrealistic thing to put on my wish list. So my true wish list is for that for 2025 because F1 actually puts their foot down this year and starts to figure this out because... I have zero faith in the FIA actually wanting to fix anything themselves. I think they like being a mess and everything that comes from it, but I'm tired of watching it. And I would really like F1 to make them fix it. Which I don't know how or why, but they just seem very content. Things staying as they are. My last wish of the 2024 season. This year, silly season was very tame. It was like not a silly season so for 2024 i want the silliest of seasons and it's lining up like it can be because very few 
I don't want to say very few sports because all sports have their like silly moments and things, but F1 really like has it locked down to like a beautiful time right in the middle where everything can just be flipped upside down and you can't believe it. And it's just that SpongeBob meme where everything's running around and it's on fire. And there's something so magical and special about that chaos. It's only so unique to formula one. And just with the amount of contracts that are expiring and just not that contracts necessarily tend to mean anything in F1, but especially when it's the year that they are expiring and not necessarily just the year before they're expiring, things are lining up. It just, you feel it in the air. Things are going to be, drivers are going to be moving around. There's new regulations upcoming. Who knows what? I, I want to be, enter- entertain me. Now put, cut to something drastic and horrible happening in August that I don't want to a driver and I'm absolutely sobbing. So I'm going to say whatever i'm saying it though give me give me a silly season yeah yeah i think this year was pretty tame considering we're ending the year and starting the year with the exact same grid alignment um but i i guess i can get on board with this i think Mild, silly yeah I, I, kind of maybe. yeah i you know what I, I'm going to get fully on board that this is a wish list item because Lewis Hamilton is locked in his contract. So as long as that's fine, I'm, yeah, let's lean into it. Let's let's have some silly, real silliness. And then it's a big deal because Audi's coming in for 2026 and both of the Sauber drivers are out of contract at the end of this year. And we're already hearing rumors about Nico Hulkenberg wanting to be attached to the Audi project as a German driver. And Haas is now willing to take on a rookie again, even though they said never again. So I not only do I think I can get on board with a silly or silly season, I think it's actually definitely going to happen. So yeah, yeah. It it took some thinking and convincing of myself to get there, but let's do it. Silly season. You convinced her way through, we got there. So silly season 2024, here we come. Welcome back to Yellow Sector Notes, the first Yellow Sector Notes since December 7th, 2023, and it is now 2024. So a lot has happened. I'm going to give you some highlights, Um, but it is not the fastest walk around F1, but we will complete a full lap around the paddock hitting every F1 garage. I'm rusty. That's the the motto of the show is we haven't recorded in a while and I'm rusty. I miss you saying that. Starting with some general F1 notes, uh, we have updated rules going into this season. For starters, it is official that no work is allowed to be done on 2026 cars until 2025, meaning teams can't completely punt this year and next year. They can, but they can still punt next year if they want to. They made some slight adjustments to the pit lane opening time for this season. It's been reduced from 50 minutes to 40 minutes before the start of the race. There's also a couple of minutia and details that we might get into in a 2024 preview, but nothing dramatic to change. We're not probably going to notice anything else on that list that they changed. The FIA has finally replaced all the masculine language in the F2 and F3 rulebooks, making it gender neutral. Guess what? Again. The New York City GP rumors are back. They were circling in full swing in this off season. We don't know if that's just because everyone needed something to write about and F1 wasn't giving any news or if there's actually some fire behind this smoke. But I am sure a certain Gridwalk host would be particularly excited about a New York City GP. I'm all for races where we don't have to pay for housing. So please, like, it would be so many reasons a logistical nightmare. And very cool. For a lot of other reasons, but also because we would have a place to sleep. (laughs) Vegas had its second best month ever in the history of the city in November, thanks to the Vegas GP. The end, finally, Pirelli tire testing days for this year were increased from 35 days to 40 days this season. Moving on to the teams, Red Bull performed a pitch black pit stop. George Russell is officially a Tommy Hilfiger ambassador. Lewis Hamilton was announced as one of Essence best dressed men of 2023. No shocker there. Any list that left him off is just wrong. Charles Leclerc decided to break the internet with an interesting haircut choice. McLaren and the DJ Marshmallow dropped merchandise right before the holidays. Aramco is now the sole title partner for the Aston Martin team. Cognizant is no longer part of the lengthy mouthful of a name, and thank you for that. 
I have nothing against the company, it's just their whole name was a mouthful, but they're down to one title sponsor. Alpine did a giveaway of a specially skinned Xbox, and I really hope this is a preview of more to come with that partnership in 2024. Williams made the best holiday YouTube video I have seen from the team in years. Go watch it. It's on their YouTube channel. There were slippers. Yugi's merchandise now officially ships internationally. Joe Guan Yu adopted a kitten. And finally, Gunther took up knitting for a new MoneyGram ad. And that's the gridwalk for January 4th, 2024, completed. How was my sector time today, Nicole? Faster than this off season, will rush by and is rushing by. How is it 2024? Oh my God, cars are gonna be back on track before we know it. Basically saying like next month. Like, yeah, it's definitely, it's next month. Preseason testing is next month. <laughs> that's so insane. <laughs> Well, thank you in 2024 to VoiceOver Man and our four-legged executive producers. If you're watching on YouTube, wow, 2024 looks great on you. Subscribe while you're here, like the video, click that little thumbs up button, and leave us a comment. Let us know what's your wish list items for 2024. Brad and I are doing some videos on all, all of our short forms. You can check out our wish list items over there too. If you're an audio listener, don't forget to follow, turn on auto downloads, rate and review the pod. It really, really makes a difference. All of these things really help other people find our podcast and we really, really appreciate you doing them. Get incredibly hyped for season two. We got some really fun surprises and new things on the way. You can join us for all daily grid walks on every social media platform that you use at Gridwalk Show on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and threads. We'll be back to walk the F1 grid every Thursday and we sincerely hope that you join us. But today, like, in the most way, felt like a grid holiday hangover and not a grid walk. <laughs> <laughs>